All right. So what we're going to do now is we are going to be looking at Second John chapter. There's only one chapter. Second John verse eight. So you'll want your handout. You'll want something to write with, and you'll want to write down kind of whatever it is the Holy Spirit brings to your attention. Because after the teaching time, we're going to break up into small groups, and you're going to want to be able to. Um, discuss the things that we cover and discuss the things that, that the spirit brings to you to be looking at and so you ready to get into it yes we have handouts handouts are coming around okay second john verse eight okay let's read it together look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward. That's our verse for today. Now, now we, we have Denise here visiting. Denise, welcome. It's good to be here. Maybe there's people listening online and you haven't been with us through the first nine weeks of our second John series. So just by way of review, before we get to verse eight, some things that we've seen in the last few weeks is that Love finds and opens doors into new friendships. Okay, and I could give examples. There's other people in the class who have given examples. But when we just love on other people, that opens the doors into new relationships and new friendships. We've also seen through our study, this was in verse 7, that deceivers and antichrists, they are a reality in the church. So just like sin and death entered into the world through Adam, don't you know that deceivers and antichrists have entered into the church? We don't like it, but that is a reality. We can identify them by what they don't confess, by what they don't say. So it's not what they do say, it's what they don't say. So deceivers and antichrists they appear to be part of us, but deceivers appear one way and they are another way. So what they do is they appear to be part of us, but they are not in reality because it's not enough for them to simply come be a part. So they're wearing the Jesus jersey, just like you and I are, but actually they're not really on the Jesus team. They themselves are the hero of their story, not Jesus. They themselves and their agenda are the most important person in their life, and that's the most important agenda. It's really not all about Jesus. It's not about who he is and what he's done. It's all about who I am and what I'm doing. So you can recognize a deceiver because even though they're here physically, they're not really part of the team because that's not enough for them. Anyway, so as we've studied through Second John, leading up to verse 8, this is an introduction on your handout, we've seen that we must walk in truth. However, that's not enough. Boy, that doesn't sound very Baptist. That sounds like, like non-Baptistic heresy to say the Word of God is not enough. Well, it's not enough to walk in truth. You also have to walk in love. The Pharisees would have told you they're walking in truth, right? They're following, they're tithing of their, you know, their, their spices. Do you tithe of your salt? No. Okay, well, so they were walking in truth, but were they walking in love? 
No. So we saw we need to, to walk in love, not just in truth. Now, walking in love, that's part of our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see this as a pattern repeated twice. I haven't pointed this out yet, but look in verses one through three. The elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. Not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake. And then verse three, grace, peace, and mercy. Uh, grace be with you. Mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth. It's just truth, 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 truth. And then also, oh, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and in love. Okay. Verses four through four and five. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. So yes, we absolutely need to walk in truth, but that's not all because verse five, and now, so in addition to walking in truth, I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. So we see that pattern twice. Truth, but also we're adding love to it. We're going to be right with the Father through truth, but we're also going to walk with Jesus by loving. And so this, so, so man, truth and love. If that's all there was, we'd have heaven on earth. It would be just love and joy and peace. And, you know, we wouldn't even be able to come in the, the room here because we'd all be holding the door for each other. No, after you. No, after you. No, after you. And no, you go first. We'd never get through the food line. So be no, you go first. No, you go first. It would just be truth and love and sunshine and butterflies. And the whole place would just glow with the heavenly warmth and light. Okay, but you guys, that's not all there is. Because deceivers and antichrists have come in and they've muddied the water so that people don't even know what church means, much less how to be the church. Most people in our culture, probably us included to some extent, when you hear the word church, you think of a two-hour service in a certain building on Sunday morning. That's just what you think of. And, 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 and we all say we're going to church. Can we go to church? Somebody? We are the church. How can you go to church if you are the church? I'm going to go to Chris today. Then it makes sense. I am like, but even what church is culturally has been all messed up to the point that the church doesn't know how to behave. And because the muddies are watered, what we have to do is safeguard ourselves as individuals and as a group against loss. Don't you know you can lose what you've built? Hello, somebody who's had to start life over. Hello, somebody who is rebuilding your life. And this time you're committed saying this time God's going to be in the middle of it. Because I am done building a life just to lose it again. Oh, my goodness. I think I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who. But how do we protect ourselves against loss? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And here's the question. By the time we're done, this will make sense. But here's the question we need to ask ourselves. Based on who Jesus is. Based on what Jesus did. 
am I walking in truth and am I walking in love? That's what we want to be looking at. So that brings us up to verse eight. We're going to be talking about love, but I want to redefine that agape love for us. Okay, because we, we've defined that, talked about the difference between phileo love and agape love, but I really, I have a better definition for us this morning, and our definition of agape love should be what Jesus did. That's what agape love is to me, is what Jesus did, and I'm not just making that up. Look at these verses, 1 John chapter 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Here is how we understand agape love. Ready? because he laid down his life for us. That's what love is. Oh, and by the way, we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. First John 4, 9 through 11. In this was manifested, Dempsey, we've got these on the, the, the slides here. You're, you're uh, slacking. You're slacking, keep going. Okay, keep going. Okay, now we're caught up. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Okay, here's how you see love. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. It's what Jesus did. It's who Jesus is. Herein is love. Here it is. Okay, God's just shining the spotlight on it so we can't miss it. You want to know what love is? Here it is. Not that we loved God. That's not the definition of love is your works. How how much love you can drum up in your soul for God when you do the Lord's Supper. That's not, that's not love. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atonement, the substitution for our sins. This is a definition of love. It's who Jesus is, and it's what Jesus did. Oh, and then we're to love one another with that same sort of sacrificial, selfless giving of ourselves for someone else's benefit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love as Christ. There it is. You want to know what love is? It's, it's what Jesus did. It's who Jesus is. As Christ also had loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, what? As Christ loved the church. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you, you can't miss it. I don't know how we missed it this far. Agape love, the definition of love for us. It's who Jesus is and it's what Jesus did. And that's what we need to be and to, to do one for another. You guys with me so far? Okay, so with that in mind, here's our verse today. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward. So number one, look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. Okay, so I don't know why you're looking at me. You're supposed to be looking at yourselves. Like, like what we're supposed to do. Here, here's the idea. The word of God is described as a looking glass. Okay, you guys are probably familiar with this. 
that it's like a looking glass. James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. It's like somebody looking in a mirror. So when you hear the word of God, it's like looking into a mirror. That's what it's saying. Now, the guy who, who, who hears it but doesn't do it, he looks at himself, he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the word of God, and continueth therein, he, be not a forgetful here, but a doer of the word, shall be blessed in his deed. So when we hear the word of God preached, when we study the word of God, it should be like looking into a mirror. Okay, now, looking in the mirror, that's a thing. As I get older, I, I look in the mirror and it's like, oh, Christine, I'm sorry. You know, it's just, it's not getting any better here. Okay. Uh, it's a good thing. She's, she's, you know, doesn't wear her bifocals very often. Um, okay. But don't you know, as we mature spiritually and get older in the faith, we look into the word of God and it's kind of like, oh, God, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm realizing more and more my need to be conformed to the image of Christ because it's kind of superimposed on there. And I see Christ and I'm looking in that mirror. Okay, but the point is we need to do that self-examination. It's not enough just to hear the word of God and study the word of God. I know you guys are smart and, and I'm, I'm really glad about that. Okay, but it's not enough to be smart. It's not enough to learn the word of God and look at the word. I have to look at myself in light of what it says. Okay. So the question today is, as we look into the word of God, is are you living charitably? Are you actually loving others like Christ did? So we can get an idea about that by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So, so flip there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the, like, everybody reads this at weddings, but that's actually not really the right context for this. But anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, chapter, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. See, you, you may have all the words to say, but if it's not being said in charity, in love, you're just making noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, that is a believer who has got it going on. But if you have all that and have not charity, according to the word of God, nothing. Verse three, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. That's, that's a lot of dedication right there. And have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Do you see how somebody could spend their whole lives studying the word of God 
and doing good works for God, but they don't have charity and it ends up with nothing. Could you imagine that? Just imagine your whole life is dedicated to the study of God's word, to learning, like you're all the way through the Living Faith Bible Institute. In fact, you're teaching in the Living Faith Bible Institute. You're coming with me on the trips to, with, with Pastor Wagi to South Sudan and to Cairo, and you're teaching the Bible to pastors. Could you imagine that? And then all along the way, you're not putting any money away in your 401k. You're like digging wells for village you know, villages up in the mountains and you're supporting widows and orphans where they don't have support for that in a society. Meanwhile, you have faith and you can move mountains and you get to the judgment seat of Christ and you have nothing. Your entire life was lost. Can you imagine that? And you're like, okay, wait a minute. I want to make an appeal here. And you start going over all the things in your life, which is up on the big screen. And you thought that'd be pretty amazing. And God's like, look, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you didn't love anybody. You didn't do any of this for the right reason. Can you imagine that day? And Because none of us are that guy I described doing all those good works and all that stuff. We have to have charity in place. Okay, charity suffereth long. It's, it's really patient, it's kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't vaunt itself, it doesn't puff itself up, it doesn't behave itself unseemly, does not seek her own, not easily provoked. Oh, Lord, help me, I am easily provoked. I'm, I'm too quick to react. I'm just mad and ready to fight before I even realize someone's having a bad day. Oh, my Lord, help me, right? Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. How are we doing? And when I look into the mirror, I see some things. I, I'm doing okay in some of those areas, right? I'm pretty good at, at the believing all things, hoping all things. I, I can endure a lot. Some of those things, though, I look into the perfect law of liberty and I see my need to comb my hair. We we're joking about combing my hair because it's windy earlier. But when you're looking in the mirror, you're actually looking. It's like I'm going out in public. I got to check my teeth and make sure I don't have like Tuesday night's Mexican food. Right. I got to make sure I don't have Mexico, a little piece of cilantro on my tooth before I go up. And right. You look in the mirror to see what's wrong so that you can fix it before you go out in public with a big thing on your face, okay? You guys, we could suffer loss if we don't do a self-examination. That's number one. No, key point number one, we must all examine ourselves asking this question, am I walking in love to others? This is what you're going to do in your small groups. Number two, okay, so we looked at, look, looking to yourselves back in second john okay look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought okay that's our next point we don't want to lose the things that we have wrought and so let's look at a couple of verses here ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 this is the structure of the church and this is how it's supposed to work but speaking the truth in love okay 
the church, that's us. So just, we are a subunit of Midtown Baptist Temple. We are, though, a functional unit and a group unto ourselves. So we can apply this to the living well class. We should, speaking the truth in love, grow up into him so we become mature in Christ in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. So each part is going to be fitly joined. Okay, and compacted by that which every joint uh, supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So listen, you all, me included, we all, as individual members of this group, function together as God has gifted us. So this morning, I don't know who brought the food, but thank you to whomever brought the food. The people that got the coffee, the people that cleaned and set up. Dempsey got our AV stuff going. Scott, who trained Dempsey to get the AV stuff going. I prepared and prayed this week for that we all work together. And if every one of us does our part in love, Guess what happens? There is an edifying of the body unto itself. It's not my job to grow this ministry, you guys. Living things should grow. They, the, the, the house should build upon the foundation. We all work together to do that. You see that? The edifying of itself in love. We say it this way. Every member is a minister. You know God's gifted you spiritually, because 1 Corinthians 12 tells you so. How is it that you're going to use your gift to love and support the body? So, so that's one option. Now, another option that, that happens, this is a bad one, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Some of you know this verse because it's, it's a discipleship memory verse. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Okay, you're not under the law anymore, right? We get to live out what God has shown us, but it's not trying to work off a debt according to the law. But use not your, your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but there it is, by love, that's agape, that's charity, serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But, okay, we could also do this. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. So here's our blanks. We can either have self-edification, as every member is a minister and in love, use their gifts to love on one another, or we can have self-destruction. Don't you know that Lot lost everything and he self-destructed his family? He had so much stuff that he and Abraham had to separate their flocks because the land couldn't support them all. He was a very wealthy man. And then he ends up in Sodom. And, and I mean, we find him at the end in a cave with his daughters with nothing. His family, which should have grown. Okay, he lost everything. Some of you, you've done, you, you've done this. You've lost everything in life, okay? We know people who have lost businesses that they built. 
there's people that built homes and then the termites ate it or the water got in or the fire burnt it down. Rome, self-destructed. Nobody conquered Rome. Rome conquered Rome. United States right now, world power. Yeah, but it's a house divided. Makes me worried. Okay, here's one. How many churches are closing their doors right now? Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So it's not the devil that, though, they, what happened? People bite and devour one another. So if we're not loving each other, if Gail and I were in competition with each other, if your Bible study is, is a threat to my Bible study, you guys, you should all start your own Bible. Like, I mean, come on. Our city is not saturated with Bible studies. Like, go, like, but have you ever been part of a ministry or a group where people bite and devour one another? Two ticks and no dog. Right? Key point number three, a lack of love leads to loss. Either because every member is not a minister and we don't grow like we should. So in other words, if, if we are able to win souls and make disciples and our ministry grows, and I don't care what the number is, but let's just say, just pick a number, 70, okay? And then Christ comes back. And every one of us was a part of winning souls and making disciples and training leaders. Praise the Lord. But what if there's only 30? Because not every member is willing to actually love each other and serve just because you're not willing to. And, and then the, we suffer loss because we didn't get the work done that we could have. Does that make sense? That's suffering loss. Or we suffer loss because our members become spiritual cannibals and we bite and devour one another. Okay. There's probably Sundays where, you know, I was just needy. I didn't get my quiet time in. Maybe I was super tired and I just came in here and I'm just so needy. I'm just looking for affirmation and I'm biting and devouring people. That'd be, you don't want to be that guy who does that every week, do you? You may be needy sometimes and you're just like, look, I'm not ministering to anybody. I just need people to pray for me. Lord, help me, right? Hey, when you're, when you're sick, come to the spiritual ER. But if that's you every week, you do not understand who you are in Christ. Okay. Finally, number three, but that we receive a full reward. All right. We want to receive a full reward for... Uh, Go ahead and go back to that verse there, Dempsey. 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him. Remember how loving one another is part of our fellowship in Christ? And now, little children, abide in him, in Christ. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Okay. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You'll have to turn there. 
First Corinthians chapter three, we'll start in, in verse nine. We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. That, that's like a, you're, you're his, his garden. Ye are God's building. So we've got three like metaphors right there. Like anyway, verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given me as a wise master builder, Paul says, I've laid the foundation and another buildeth thereupon thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Here we are again. Take heed. You pay attention to you and how you're doing what you're doing. You are as a laborer of God building upon a foundation which was laid by the apostles. Now, Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. We have the word of God come down through the apostles to us in the form of written scripture. And we are laborers building upon the foundation which someone else has laid. Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we don't get to choose the foundation, but we do get to decide how we build thereupon. Verse 12, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So you guys, we are building upon a foundation that we did not choose. Now we chose, yes, I will add my hammer, my trowel, my, my building to the foundation, which is, that's my choice. Will I build on the foundation of Christ as a laborer or will I not do that? Okay. But everything that we build in this life is going to pass through fire. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So your work is going through the furnace at the judgment seat of Christ, and you're just waiting and watching. Like, here it goes. It's going through the fire. And then when it comes out the other side, will there be anything left that I will carry with me into? eternity future, that I will be able to present to the Lord as my sacrifice, my proof that I bought in and built upon his thing. Verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Okay, so there's either a reward, verse 14 says, if, if my works make it through the fire, or there's loss if they don't. All right, so week, the second John chapter eight says, look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. We can have, okay, we, if we do the self-examination, and if we choose self-edification over self-destruction, which means you and I both have to lay down our rights and lay down our lives and just love one another, if that's what we choose, listen, you can have confidence. Not that you're confident in your flesh. No, I'm confident that I am doing what the Lord had led me to do. So self-examination 
group self-edification, we can have self-confidence. That's what 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 said. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we shall have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So, key point number four, the judgment seat of Christ is the day we look forward to. If we walk in truth and walk in love, there is no guessing and there's no doubt about it. So in other words, we're not in that camp of people that say, I sure hope my good works outweigh my bad works and Jesus has to let me into heaven. Like we know what is going to be judged at the judgment seat and, and you know, newsflash, you're not going to live perfectly. Okay. Newsflash. Right. None of us will. But we can choose to walk in love. So here's the application of this for us. Use the structure of this local church to fulfill the will of God for your life by walking in truth and walking in love. Now, we should walk in love toward everybody, but especially unto the household of faith, Galatians 6.10 says. So here's we're, we're going to do small groups now. So in your small groups, do some introspection regarding loving others like Christ did. I, I can tell you before everybody, I'll set the example. You guys, there are some things I could do better. As I look into the word of God as a mirror and I look back at myself and I'd say, oh, I'm not supposed to be easily provoked. Jesus wasn't easily provoked. What am I thinking? I need, I am going to look into the perfect law of liberty and I'm going to, to pick that piece of cilantro out of my teeth. I don't want to be like that anymore. I'm going to comb my hair. It looks like I just, whatever. Okay. You guys, don't be afraid to, to be real in your small groups. You're not perfect. You don't have to act perfect. Okay, next thing. Is there a next step for you? Because here's the deal. Our whole church structure is set up so that you can have a good judgment seat. I don't know if you knew that. But we function in teams. We don't have a cleaning team, a professional cleaning team that we pay to clean the church. We're going to clean the church together as a, as a team. Why? Number one, it gives us a way to serve the body in love. We will humbly serve this body as the living well class by cleaning the church on Saturday. Praise the Lord. Secondly, it gives us opportunities to train leaders. Someone needs to take over leadership of the cleaning team. And you need to form a team, learn how to communicate. I know no one answers emails. That's just, I'll know why you all don't answer email. Okay, that's just part of it. Form a budget. Train leaders. It's an opportunity to, to, to go and, and, and to develop in leadership. So anyway, there's a, is, there a, is there a next step for you in the structure of this local church? And then finally, is there some sort of self-focus? Is there something, you know, you loved someone and they lied to you and they hurt you, and now you won't love anybody? Well, okay, so you're just going to let the devil win. That's harsh. Okay, don't let the devil win. Let go of the fact that some bad thing happened to you in a fallen world, 
And how about just moving forward, loving others? Make sense? Is there something you got to deal with to be able to move forward? So here we are. Father, thank you for your word. I just pray in our small groups we would do that, which we can't do by ourselves. And we can't do sitting in the middle of a congregation, Lord. And that is to just really work through the things you're showing us with other believers. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.